Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're going to talk some Packer football right now with Andy Herman. You can find him on Twitter, Andy Herman NFL, over at the Pack-A-Day podcast as well. Packer Report, Green Bay Nation, all over the place. Andy, thanks for giving us a couple minutes. First things first, man. How uh, nervous are you about Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick? Are you worried that it's going to work out? Are they going to get back together? I'm concerned. Yeah, Ryan, so first of all, thanks for having me. I, I haven't slept all night. Uh, <laughs> I can't focus. This is going to be a, a rough Friday. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I'm just happy I can spend some time with you uh, just to kind of take my mind off of things. No, realistically, though, do you think that Aaron Rodgers plays better single or when he's in a rel- no, I'm just kidding with you. Um, first thing that I wanted to get to, so Derrick Henry signs a new deal with the Tennessee Titans, and I thought Derrick Henry was just awesome last year. I mean, I think he kind of individually carried them into the AFC Championship game. Now, their defense was great. Ryan Tannehill played good football last year, but a lot of that was because of the play-action pass, and a lot of that was because teams were stacking the box to try to stop Derrick Henry. He gets a big deal, and he's still the fifth-highest-paid running back in the NFL. When you look at Aaron Jones, what he did last year, you know, kind of a small sample size because he wasn't able to get on the field two years ago with Mike McCarthy, but last year kind of was the breakout star in the NFL. What kind of money do you think Aaron Jones is going to command, and do you think that the Packers offer him a deal? Because now I'm confused because during the combine, we heard his agent say that they were in talks, and then they kind of shut talks down, but they were expecting to get a deal done. Then they draft A.J. Dillon. We still don't know what the future holds for Jamal Williams. Dexter Williams is on the roster. Is Aaron Jones going to be in the green and gold in a year? And how much money would it take like to keep him? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting topic of conversation. And as you mentioned, you know, one of the things, you know, earlier in the offseason, it sounded like they wanted to get that deal done. But if you kind of look across the league with kind of this potential dip in salary cap going into next season, Pretty much every contract discussion that didn't involve a franchise tag or the greatest player in the league in Patrick Mahomes uh, has not taken place. Everything's basically kind of been on hold. And even a lot of those franchise tags basically just signed the one-year tag because I think both agents and general managers are just kind of hesitant to do some of these long-term deals when uh, really next year's salary cap is totally up in the air. Um, you know, For those who haven't been following it closely, because I know salary cap you know, minutia isn't exactly the, the most fun conversation in the world, but um, they're expecting that this is going to be like a 40 to $50 million per team salary cap hit. The NFL Players Association wants to spread that out through the course uh, of the CBA, which would basically only mean that it would be, you know, a $4 million cap hit per season, which if you kind of, you know, go with the increases that normally get it, it, it barely, you know, even is a blip on the radar. 
but uh, basically owners want it to go into effect immediately, um, you know, for next season because they don't want to take the financial hit and don't want to finance it over the course of the CBA, uh, which means that there could potentially be a huge shortfall in salary cap space going into next season. So I think that's the first thing that kind of has to fall before we can kind of figure out some of these contracts. But if you just look at it on the surface, you know, I think the good news is, you know, Aaron Jones just came out and said that he wants to be back with the team. So I think that's obviously a huge positive that he wants to get a deal done. I think you look at that Derrick Henry deal and you would expect, you know, because like you said, I think everyone kind of realizes just how insanely good Derrick Henry was a season ago. I think that Henry deal was somewhat palatable for, for Derrick Henry and you would expect Jones to be less than that. So I think that kind of opens up potentially some doors. lafleur has been super adamant that he wants, you know, two really good running backs on the roster, which is why they went out and got A.J. Dillon. And I think if you, you know, look at it, I think they complement each other so incredibly well that it makes sense to bring him back. And then if you look at next offseason, it is a massively strong free, or free agent class for running backs, which could, uh, you know, undercut, uh, Aaron Jones's value a little bit, make it easier to get him back on maybe a, a team deal. And also the draft class at running back is expected to be super strong next year. So I think those there's some positives. On the flip side, again, you look at that salary cap, um, that's going to be a major issue to potentially overcome if something like that does happen. You know, they did just bring in A.J. Dillon, who's not going to make, you know, anything basically next season. So that kind of undercuts Aaron Jones a little bit, especially if Dillon's good this year. And then you could look at it on the flip side with that free agent and draft class too. You know, maybe somebody like uh, a Philip Lindsley, who's not as good of a, a running back, but maybe you get, you know, two, three million dollars per year cheaper. You know, that could be, you know, maybe be something that's more palatable for Green Bay or just a super cheap rookie to, to pair with A.J. Dillon. So I think those are all going to be topics with, with Jones that are worth monitoring going forward. And as dumb as it sounds, like I'm really hoping that A.J. Dillon, if there is a season, let's just throw that out there. I, um, I have to believe that there is just for my own sanity. But I really hope that A.J. Dillon gets all the goal line carries. Because I feel like, especially in this league, everybody looks at numbers and touchdowns and rushing yards total. Like, So maybe if he eats up some of those goal line touches and Aaron Jones doesn't score 17 or 18 touchdowns this year, maybe they'll be able to afford him. What I worry about is, like, you look at next offseason, and during the draft, you know, you take A.J. Dillon with the second round, in the second round with second-round pick. I wanted a wide receiver. I think we all did. But then everybody, the conversation was, well, Matt LaFleur wants to run the football. And then they take Josiah DeGuara, and it's like, okay, I see what they're trying to do here. They want to become the San Francisco 49ers. They want to do what Kyle Shanahan's doing and pound the football. But then, like, I'm thinking about it a little bit more, and I'm like, did they draft A.J. Dillon only because you're not going to be able to afford to bring back Aaron Jones? Because if you look at next offseason, Kenny Clark, David Bakhtiari, for some reason nobody's even talking about Kevin King. You're probably going to have to go out and get another wide receiver. Like, do you think that maybe that crossed their minds that it's it's it like you said nobody wants to pay running backs AJ Dillon's really not making a whole lot of money maybe let's draft Aaron Jones replacement because we have to come up with ways to pay not only David Bakhtiari but Kenny Clark next year too. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's absolutely the case. I think you know knowing that that free agent class coming up with Bakhtiari and Clark and uh, you know Corey Lindsley as well, Kevin mm-hmm. King, Aaron Jones. I think all those guys are going to be players that potentially they want back. And I think what Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball do a really great job of doing, um, even if you look at the, the Jordan Love pick, the, the Josiah DeGuerra pick, you know, all these sort of picks, it gives them out 
with certain players moving forward. So, um, you know, if something does come up with an Aaron Rodgers, you know, whether it's, it's injury-related or uh, whatever the case may be, they have a potential out now with, uh, you know, with Jordan Love. Same thing with Aaron Jones. If they can't afford him, you know, going into the next season because of other free agent deals, they have an out now because they have an A.J. Dillon on the roster. So, you know, that you always talk about from a draft standpoint trying to draft before you have a specific need. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that, of trying to, you know, fit some of these uh, holds before they actually become major problems and you don't have an answer on the roster. So I think that's absolutely the case. I think A.J. Dillon gives them, you know, them some insurance there. And, you know, again, I think if he has a, a really strong season and he looks the part, um, it certainly is going to not help those negotiations with Aaron Jones, to say the least. And, like, you look at the backfield and it's so crowded already. Like, I don't expect Dexter Williams to make the team, um, although I was really excited when they drafted him, but I'm also a Notre Dame homer, so that's probably why. But you look at Jamal Williams, and I love Jamal Williams, and I like what he does. I think that he's a great pass protector. I think when he's given the opportunity, I mean, yeah, I think he's a solid runner, but he's going to get a pay raise because he made the snap count cutoff for the PPE, which I you know, barely understand, but he rushed for 400 yards. He played 35% of the team's snaps. Do you think that there's a chance maybe Jamal Williams isn't on this roster week one when you look at the backfield? I mean, Tyler Irvin's there. I don't see him getting cut because we remember what the punt return game looked like without him on the roster. Like, Do you think that there's any chance that maybe Jamal Williams isn't on this team week one this year? Yeah, I think there's two ways to look at this. The, the, the first way I would say is in, in any other season, I would say that this is a, a very normal conversation, and I would almost expect that to be a conversation where maybe you know Jamal Williams you know could be traded uh, but I think in this season, with it being just such a, a weird season where you could have potentially players you know, going on a, a COVID IR list for three weeks where you could have increased injuries, the, the NFLPA has already looked at 2011 um, because of the, the shortened offseason, because of the, the basically the, the labor unrest, um, and looked at the increased injuries in 2011 because of that, where they're expecting increased injuries this season because the offseason hasn't been the same. I just think depth is really going to be the story of this season, um, and because of that, I think, you know, uh, Jamal Williams, you know, $2 million contract is a little bit more palatable. So, so because of that, I, I, like I said, in almost any other season, I would think that that would be a, a very strong discussion to have because I totally believe that Tyler Irvin could be your number three. And especially if you see anything out of Dexter Williams or any of the undrafted guys, mm-hmm. you know, I, I absolutely think that that could be the case. But um, with it, with depth being such a factor this season, I, I kind of expect him to hold on to him. Also, he's just such a great pass protector, and I think that's something that really matters within this offense as well, especially with Aaron Rodgers. So that would be number one. I think the other way you could look at it is if all of a sudden the, the Packers realize that next season there is going to be a huge salary cap shortfall, they could have to take a look at potentially finding ways to save this season so that they can carry more salary cap over into next season to really kind of make it, um, you know, make it workable so that they can feel the team and maybe be able to resign some of the guys like David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. And that could mean that you're trying to pinch pennies wherever possible and saving $2 million on a Jamal Williams and maybe as, as unpopular as this would be, and I don't even like saying it, but potentially looking at a Corey Lindsley um, you know, either trade or release mm-hmm. as well, because he's really one of the only guys that you can you can save money on now um, to to kind of free up some of that money next year. So again, I think it's such a we're in such uncharted territory with the the future of the NFL and, and some of the salary cap issues that it's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. And I think it could go in either direction. We're talking with Andy Herman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on the Bart Winkler Morning Show. Bart with the day off, Ryan Horvath sitting in. I'm glad that you brought up Corey because I don't see him getting anything less than 10 million, and I think he's just been solid, but yet underrated. Like we keep we keep 
asking the same questions. If you could only afford one, who do you bring back? David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. And I'm going to ask you that here in a second. But with Corey, we don't really talk about him, and I don't see him making anything less than $10 million. But since he had to fill in his rookie year and he came out of Ohio State, I think he's been one of the best centers in the league. And I don't think I don't think he gets the hype and the credit that he deserves, but I don't see him taking anything less than $10 million. I think he's going to get paid. So do you think he's the odd man out? Maybe that's why you drafted three offensive linemen? Because I was talking about this with Bart the other day. You draft three offensive linemen. But how many guys are you actually going to be able to keep? And with pretty much no training camp, now two preseason games, which will probably end up getting cut as well, Like, how are guys even going to have the shot to earn a spot on the roster when they're rookies and they haven't been on the field with their teammates yet? So do you think Corey Lindsley is the odd man out? Like, Would you be shocked to see him in a Packers uniform 2021? I'd be pretty surprised to see him in a Packers uniform in 2021 just because of the other – um, you know, players that they have on offense. They just, I know, you know, Lucas Patrick isn't, uh, you know, one of the more well known Packers on the team, but uh, he's put in a ton of work. He's the first player out at practice every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually, usually, usually they're he or Corey Lindsley. Um, you know, those guys are the first guys out there. That, you know, I think that you can win with a Lucas Patrick at center. You bought yourself a little bit of a lottery ticket at center with Jake Hansen. You know, to answer your question about, you know, how some of those interior offensive linemen as rookies are going to make the team, I think, you know, the the Simon Stepaniak uh, pick was actually um, really potentially wise in hindsight because I think with him recovering from injury, I think you're able to, you know, might be able to get him at least on the pup list, if not maybe basically redshirt him uh, on an IR season and kind of have him basically be like a, a, you know, a redshirt player this year and, and really have his freshman year, if you will, next year. So I think that could work out in that regards. But, no, 100%, they drafted three interior offensive linemen, including a true center. They re-signed Lucas Patrick to an extension that will cover him this season and next season. I think if you just kind of read the tea leaves a little bit, especially with those free agents that we talked about, I think if I had to rank those five that are upcoming as free agents, Corey Lindsley would be the least likely that I would expect to be on the team come next season. And that's nothing against Corey Lindsley. I love Corey Lindsley. He's one of my highest-rated players. Every single year, I think he's fantastic. I agree with you completely, but um, those are just unfortunate—the unfortunate decisions you have to kind of make as a GM. No, I, I completely agree. And as unpopular as it sounds, I, I really want Kevin King back. I want to give Kevin King a second year. I, I just thought when he was actually he, he was healthy last year, and I thought that he at times was better than Jair Alexander, who you know according to Madden rankings is a top five corner, not according to uh, Pro Football Focus, but it is what it is. So with David Bakhtiari, so he's 28 years old. He's gotten one deal from the Packers. I always get concerned. Like, I knew for a fact, uh, you know, Brian Balaga wasn't coming back. When Josh Sitton was gone and TJ Lang, I just kind of knew that the Packers didn't want to give those deals to linemen, you know, when they're approaching their 30s. Is David Bakhtiari going to get a big deal? Like, do you expect him to be back? Uh, I really do. And, you know, I, I just talked about how the Packers do a, usually a great job of giving themselves out at, at each position. Yeah. Uh, they have not at offensive tackle. Um, and I just think, you know, already they're really thin at that position. They've already got a stopgap at one of the tackle positions with Rick Wagner. Um, they did not go out and, and draft an early you know, offensive tackle. Um, I know some people think that maybe John Runyon could be a tackle moving forward. I fully see him as a guard. I do not think that he'd be able to hold up that tackle at the NFL level. So um, I definitely think that this is a, just a position that uh, they're going to have to either address with, with re-signing David Bakhtiari or address really aggressively either via the draft or free agency. And I just think that familiarity – uh, with Bakhtiari in the offense and, and playing with Aaron Rodgers, I think there's just too much value there. So the price tag will be hefty, and we'll see if they can make it work, but I, I fully expect him to be back. Just going back to, to Kevin King for a quick second, yeah. I think the really interesting thing with him is that he almost has to play the exact same way that he's played so far for it to make sense for him to come back. Because all of a sudden he regresses, and he mm-hmm. plays a lot worse. 
Green Bay is probably going to be like, you know what, let's move on. Let's see what Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman, Shannon Sullivan, some of these guys have. Um, but if, and if all of a sudden he plays way better, he's going to price himself out of Green Bay. So it's like he almost has to stay the exact same player in order for it to be palatable for him to come back, where Green Bay's like, well, he probably fits our system, and we still think he has some upside, but he's not going to get a major free agent deal on the outside. So it's just kind of an interesting thought process there. I know. It's such a great point. When he's on the field, I really do like Kevin King. Like, he's physical. Like, he's everything I want in a corner. He's big. He's tall. But, yeah, I I just don't know if they keep him. Uh, We just saw um, Pro Bowl defensive tackle Chris Jones just got a pretty big deal. Four years, $85 million, $60 million guaranteed. What do you expect Kenny Clark to want? Do you expect the Packers to be able to afford him for some reason? Like, I thought that they were going to get that extension done, and I know that now with what's going on in the world, it's not the easiest thing to get done. But uh, what do you think? Kenny Clark? back in the green and gold 2021 as well? Yeah, I, I really do. I think, you know, as far as what he wants, I think that, that Chris Jones contract is going to be, uh, you know, the first thing on, on Russ Ball's desk from, from yep. Kenny Clark's agent is what I would expect. I, I would expect it to come in maybe a little bit less, maybe in, in guarantees than Chris Jones, but I would expect it to be fairly similar to that. I think if you look at some of the pressure numbers and some of the sacks and, and things like that, I think that's where Chris Jones wins, and I think that's why the, the contract is maybe a little bit more for Jones. Uh, but you can make the, the case with Clark that, you know, he's younger. Um, he's been very durable. He's been able to stay in every game. He does not take plays off. You know, I, I just think that there's a, a lot of things that you can sell on Kenny Clark there, too. So I think it's similar, probably a little bit less, but but definitely in that same ballpark. And I do think Green Bay gets him done. I just don't think, you know, with when you hit on a, a player like that in the first round at age 20 and he plays the first four years like he did, I mean, it is just so tough as a GM to let that guy out the door. And I think even if you have to overpay a little bit, you're not, it's not like you're going to get him into his you know, 32, 33-year season where he's probably not going to match the production. The next five years of Kenny Clark should be pretty amazing. So I think they get that done. Uh, last thing, Andy, ESPN, they ranked the NFL's top 10 edge rushers for 2020. And usually I don't care about these top 10 lists, but this one actually comes from the executives, the coaches, and the players. They make their picks. Cleo Mack, number one. Chandler Jones, number two. Nick Bosa, three. Von Miller, four. Miles Garrett, five. Joey Bosa, six. TJ Watts, seven. Frank Clark, eight. Cam Jordan, nine. Demarcus Lawrence, ten. I have no problem with any of those names, but does Zadarius Smith, does he, does he belong on that list after just one like, I mean, I mean, it's been two solid seasons the last year in Baltimore when he made all the money, but last year was his breakout year. Is he a top 10 edge rusher, do you think? Yeah, so I think this is where you get, you kind of get into this discussion of are, are, we, are we just going based off of last season? Mm-hmm. Are we going on what we expect this season? Are we looking at the full body of work? I think if you look at the full body of work, I fully understand why Darius Smith wasn't on that top 10 list and maybe you know some people wanting to say, hey, let's see him do it one more season before I put him in that upper echelon. If you're just Based, you know, going based on last season alone, you know, to me, you know, Zedarius Smith was a, a top five edge rusher a season ago, so should absolutely be on that list. I mean, ultimately, he's so tremendously talented. The thing with Zedarius is this is not just something where he wins off of pure athleticism. He's a technician. He can win from any spot on the field. I mean, one of the amazing things is. You know, so many defensive, you know, specialists, whether it's Aaron Donald, whether it's, you know, go back to Reggie White, you know, for the most part, they're lining up at a singular spot and they're, you know, playing one guy over and over and over. You know, you remember some of those, you know, great uh, matchups with Reggie White versus, you know, Eric Williams of the Cowboys, like the one guy who had his number. Imagine you have that, but, you know, White can't win, so you can just move him to a defensive tackle or the other side of the line or, you know, basically anywhere that you want over center. 
you know, that's what they have the ability to do is Darius Smith. They can put him anywhere. They can play him against the offense's weakest link. Um, they can't, you know, make it easy on the, uh, the offense to ID him and make sure that they can double-team him or chip him. So that versatility that he has is just going to be a dangerous weapon moving forward. He's going to be a, a phenomenal defensive player in this Packers system for year, you know, for the length of his contract, maybe beyond. And you know, whether he's top ten or not is, is probably mostly irrelevant. But again, if you go based on last year alone, he, he absolutely should be in that top ten. Andy, thanks so much for joining us, man. Have a great weekend. All right. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Do it anytime. I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks, buddy. Andy Herman. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, uh, has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit them today, greatmidwestbank.com. Simply local lending since 1935. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.